0: I guess that was the nod. Was that the nod? Yes? All right. He's still playing. That's all right. Hey, I want I to do something. Um, there are still seats available in the front. And so I want to ask if anyone, in, it's up the long tables. You can stay there if you want to, but if you want to come up, there are seats available. Like my wife and son are sitting all by themselves, and this, these folks here are sitting all by themselves. And there's three seats here. So if you guys want to move up and be part of the community, that would be cool. We can do that. I'm going to give you guys a minute. If you want to move, you can move. If anybody else wants to move, you don't like what you're sitting with, you can move now. That's a good time to do that. Meet everybody at the table you're with. All right. Nobody moved. <laughs> oh, there we go. Good. We just want everybody to feel excluded. You guys can come in if you want. All right. Now the trick is going to be, I'm going to preach from back here today, so, <laughs> hi Terry. So uh, you guys are okay with that, that's cool. All right. Let's pray together this morning. Almighty God, we are gathered here again in your name. We come, Lord, seeking you, we come seeking wisdom, we come seeking community, uh, looking to meet with friends again, to share where we've been in our lives and where we we think you're leading us to go. We pray, Lord, today that your spirit would indwell among us here, that uh, your very breath would come into our lives and uh, resuscitate us and, and make us your people. Teach us, Lord, to be your community. Teach us, Lord, to read your word. Teach us, Lord, to pray, to pray earnestly to you. We pray, Lord, today that your Holy Spirit would add a blessing to your word, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts and hands today would be glorifying to you. And we trust that this is going to happen. In the name of our Savior and Lord Jesus, amen. Well, first of all, I think some of you heard this already, but I love the doodle pads on the tables. And so I'm going to encourage you to doodle during this... uh, talk today, because uh, if you want to, or write notes, because that's okay with me. Matt said something, he said, you know, they might be distracted while you're talking, and I said, I love it, love it, right, Um, because it's not about you listening to me today, it's not about you singing Matt's worship songs today, it's about you connecting with God today, and I pray that that's true, that you've come here not, maybe to meet some friends and hang out a little bit, but I tell you, if you're here, God has an agenda for you today. Okay, and I hope you trust that that's true. So engage in that as fully as you feel led. You know, if, if, if I would just encourage you to do that, be with God today as we're together. I wanted to tell a story today. Um, I, I was driving with uh, Olivia you can pull up that first slide, Amanda. I was driving with Olivia, my daughter, who is actually now in children's, whatever they go. And we were driving along on, on um, Interstate 255, and I was in deep thought. I'm just me and her in the van and all of a sudden she says, um, Daddy, Daddy, I found it, I found it. And I'm like, you found what? And she's like, I found the place where the light comes from. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she goes, it's over there, it's that purple building over there, it's really pretty, Daddy, can we go there sometime? And I looked over and let's just say that the place where the light was coming from was not somewhere wanted my four-year-old daughter to go ever, <laughs> you know? Not when she's four, not when she's 30. Ever, okay. And I looked at that and I said, oh yeah, honey, that's nice. And I kept driving. And she's like, obviously I'm not going to stop. And so she says, maybe next time when I see that place, I'll say, daddy, daddy, I saw it, the place where the light comes from, and you'll stop and go back. (laughs) And I said, no, probably not. (laughs) And it started me to thinking about this. uh, Go ahead, hit the next slide, Amanda. It started me thinking, this is what they had in front of this, this establishment you ever seen those things they just go like I mean you can see this thing for miles you know and I just thought I tell you what I thought I started talking to God I mean out loud and I've told a few of you the story and I said God what is that about why do they get all the cool stuff why do they have the big lights out front saying come in here come in here this place is fun hang out with us Like, why doesn't the church get that? That really bothered me. And I started thinking about who is selling what, you know? Because here's the truth of it. Those places are enticing, you know? Those places are saying, come inside, come inside. They can just get you through the door. You're hooked. You're hooked, right? But there's the trick, because they are encouraging people into sinfulness, Okay, and I'm not being judgmental about it, but I can tell you that the, the lifestyles that they are supporting in these places, and I'm going to leave it very vague so you can use your imagination, but they are not places of wholeness. They are not places of true relationship. They are false, and they are lies. They entice people into a life of, of lying to each other. I can pretend, pretend to be who I am. You can pretend to be who you are, and no one has to know the difference, you know? And what is the, and, and, and that, in its very essence, is sin, it's enticing people into a sinful life. And here we are, church, and we have the best message ever, 2,000 years worth of it. And, and we have the goodness. We have it in our hands. And we, we, we draw people through the door. Some church is better than others, I might say, okay? But we draw people through the door, and you can taste it here. You can see, taste it. You know, We're sitting at these tables and see that the Lord is good. We're going to do some pretty cool stuff today as a community in this community. See, we're not selling sin here. We're selling a whole life, a life that God has created you to live into. So I was a little jealous, let's just say that, because they got all the cool things. So I wanted to say, I had a few questions about this. I want to ask, why can't we, Entice people. You know, we I said some people moved. That's about coming on down here and set. Why can't we be the people to say, come on, you know what? I got room at my table. Come sit with me. I want to have communion with you. Come sit with me. Why can't we be that kind of a community? Why can't we, just like they are changing things for their own good, mostly it's for the bottom line. I don't think that they, they sell sin because Sin is cool. I think they sell sin because it pays the bills. You know? But why can't we be the people that are saying, you know, um, changing the world but not for for, you know not for the worse but for the better? Hit that next slide, Amanda. Thank you. We're gonna read today from the um, the Gospel of Matthew. If you have your Bibles. Uh, you can turn to Matthew chapter 5. If you don't have your Bibles, you can pick one off the table and use that. We're going to read today from the, the Gospel of Matthew. And you'll notice if you have a red letter version, this is all red letter, <laughs> this, this area. Um, and that's just to say that we attribute this to the actual lips of Jesus, our Lord. And this becomes a very authoritative text then for our community. I want to give you, again, the context of where we're running into Jesus here. Jesus was baptized. He was born first. That's a good thing. Then he was baptized. He was tempted. He begins to preach. He calls disciples, and he begins to do some healing. In this piece of scripture, he, says, he's, he, he shows who he is before we get here. He shows what he does before he gets here as he heals people by his very presence. And then he starts to talk about who we are. Who we are. So you know who he's talking to here. He says, the disciples, he went up the mountain. He saw a large crowd gathering. And so he went up the mountain. And the disciples followed him. And he turned and looked at them and he began to speak. That's what the text says. So this is primarily for people who are in the church. People who are disciples of Jesus. People who dare to follow. But it's also for people who, um, who are maybe within earshot. This is a gospel that will transform your life. Even if you are not yet a follower of Jesus. This is what the text says in chapter 5, verse 13. He says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. But instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Let your light shine before men that they might see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That's our text today. He makes two comments here. The first is that we are salt, okay? You know what happened to us the other night? We went to pick up some beef at Cordy Meat Market. Has anybody been by there lately this week at all, Cordy? There was like traffic down the block, right? What does salt do? It makes things taste better. That's true. Table salt makes things taste better. Yeah, it preserves things, right? That's what I was thinking of when I was waiting, all these hunters with all these dead animals trying to get them processed, (laughs) you know? And the salt becomes, and this is, you know, Matthew's written primarily to a Jewish audience, and they would understand that there's something about a a lasting covenant here. There's something about Jesus says, you are the salt, you're going to preserve this thing for us. Right? But it's also gonna taste good. What else do we know about salt? Have you ever just had some pure salt? Just put it lift over your shoulders, put it on your tongue. Wow, that stuff is strong, isn't it? <laughs> salt can be like overwhelming, you know, if you just eat it like straight. So check this out. You guys, salt preserves, gives flavor. You know what else it, it talks about in the scripture, the actual Greek words here? They say it's also something that can be used to fertilize soil that can grow crops, okay? But you know, you don't dump all your salt in one spot, right? You kind of spread it around, you know? You kind of you put it, you go light on the salt, right? Depending on your medical conditions, you know? Some of us can't have salt at all. We are the salt, Jesus says, here's the thing. He says, but if a salt loses its saltiness, what good is it, right? Now, here's the question. This is the question. How can salt ever lose its saltiness? Anyone? Don't feel bad because you're stumped, because everyone is stumped, because it's kind of a question that can't be answered, because it can't. Salt can't really lose its saltiness, but it can become useless, he says. He says it can become useless where become, and this is the word here. It says, when salt loses its saltiness, it becomes weak and foolish, right? And this is where I want to insert a little something here, okay? Because um, I love the church of Jesus Christ because I'm part of it, you know? And, and a lot of times people say, man, Bill, you're so hard on the church, you know? Why you always, oh, it's wrong. And I don't know. It's just where God bent me that way. But I tell you what. This, this text right here tells us that there is a chance we could become useless, which is a little scary. Because I know we think that God can't do without us, <laughs> but I think God can do without us. And I'm not saying we have to try to earn our spot in God's you know, favorite shelf or whatever, but I am saying that he's making a point here to say if, um, if, 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 it becomes, if the salt loses saltiness it becomes so useless it can be trampled on our feet, it's thrown out. You know what that word means, trample on their feet? It means, like, irrelevant. It means, um, I'm going to read this to you. I, I want to read this exact definition for you. Here's what it says. Trample, this is from the Greek. It says, to tread down, metaphorically, to tread with rudeness or insult, to spurn or treat with insulting neglect. How many people outside of church say, man, the church is useless? You know, doesn't, I don't get It doesn't do anything for me right and we have to own that in some way and say yeah why aren't we flavoring things why aren't we why aren't we like the light that draws people in you know why aren't we the place that people come whenever they they are hurting it's our job we're salt So that's all I want to say. I just just think it's amazing, this idea that you can become, there is a possibility, as Saul, these are disciples of Jesus who are already following him in his early, early ministry, and he's saying, you could very well become useless to my ministry. That's kind of a frightening thing a little bit for me. But this is what I want to talk about today. You are light. Okay? I'm going to read through this again you are the light of the world. A city on a a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp but put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. I want to say a few things about light here, okay? Well, what does light do? What is it? it? Allows you to see. That's correct. Good. Not that there's a wrong answer. Anyone else? dispels darkness is probably my favorite definition, you know. It just, it just shoots it away. We do this thing sometimes where if you go into a completely black room and turn on the smallest light, you can start to see everything from it. Like, no matter how little the light is, you'll start to see things because of that little bitty light. It doesn't take a lot of light to dispel a ton of darkness. But I want to talk today because I want to tell you that God is building the city. Okay? And it says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden... This idea that Jesus' is disciples are going to be these folks who's going to um, kind of, excuse me, uh, kind of be hidden away. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. I'm building a city on a hill, and this city on the hill is going to be seen from everywhere. And so, if you are not comfortable, th- there is the trouble of being a Christian, right? People look to you as an example, and that's kind of really hard. And we got to throw off that all the time and say, I'm just human like you, but man, I love Jesus and I'm going to try to follow Jesus, and. This is what God is trying to do with us. is to make us a beacon of light for the whole world to draw near to him. A city requires some effort. And so this this insinuates that God is doing something actively. He's building a city. It takes intention and it takes effort to build a city. Here's something else. God is lighting lamps, right? He says a lamp, you don't put it under a bushel, right? You put it Where? Yes, not just on a table. You put it on a lampstand. You put it on a special spot you've made just for your lamp. And this is what God is doing with us. He's making special places. I hope you believe that. He's making a special place to set you upon that you might shine and bring glory to him and draw others. I tell you what, the light is not just for you. The light is for everyone around you. You know, it says here, it says, um, uh, instead they put it on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. You know, another word for that word house is family. It gives light to everyone in the family. It gives light to everyone you come in contact with. If you will let God set you on a stand, and it's not to get knocked off that stand because don't get on your own. You know, but if you will let God set you on that stand and light you and fill you with oil and you just, all you do is burn. You just sit there and burn. Oh, that brings me to another point, by the way. This, this text has three definitions of light. The, the NIV says this. It says, uh, you're the light of the world, right? And it says, um, if, a lamp stand, if a lamp is put on a stand, it gives light to the, everyone in the house. And it says, let your light shine and then they'll see your good deeds and know that God's, you know how many words are used there in Greek? Three. Three different words for light. The first is phos, okay? And this is like the the light that when God spoke, the light came into being. That's phos. And that's the word that Jesus says, you are phos. You are that word that God spoke into the world. It's kind of a little scary, isn't it? To think that God did that and is doing that through us. The second word, I'm going to look this up here because I don't want to get it wrong, is kaiyo, kaiyo. All right, and that means fire, and that is to say that you will not just sit there and happily glow for Jesus, but you will burn. That's a little scary. You know, we talk about, like, hell being burning, you know, but this is not, you know, Jeremiah 33, 6 says, your word burns in my bones like a fire. I always thought that was such a cool thing. I used to wear a T-shirt that says, that, you know, I don't wear my T-shirt anymore because that's a scary verse because Jeremiah's saying, I can't stop talking about you. You won't let me go. I burn and I burn and I burn for you. And that's what Jesus says. When I light you on fire and set you on a lampstand, you will burn for me. And give light to all nations. The third is lampo. What is a great word, right? Greek, the Greek word is lampo, lampo, which literally means like a light for others. So you have a light for yourself. You are God's light in the world. You are burning for God, and you became a light to others in their lives. Now, I tell you what, some people, the Bible says the men loved darkness and hated the light. And you will run into people who are not ready to be in a real relationship with you. You are going to run into people who are going to be afraid of light. Oh, they're going to see all my warts and wrinkles. Yeah, praise God. Praise God, when we can stop worrying about revealing who we are to people and being ourselves. Because that is the holistic gospel that Jesus came to, to bring us into. We're going to be light to others. Last verse says this. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they might see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You know, for a long time we've had this idea in Christianity that, well, here, my faith between me and Jesus, right? That's what we believe, It's between me and God and nobody else's business. But here's the problem. We live in community. We're created in community. And your relationship, whether it's strong or weak in Jesus, is affecting everyone around you. All of us. And and that's where we live. In this place of being together and being interdependent. And I can't do something without affecting someone else. It's not possible. If I sin, we are all paying the price. If I find righteousness, we are all being blessed by that. And here Jesus says to you, when you do your good deeds in my name, do them in front of men, in front of the others, so that they might know your Father in heaven and give glory to him. I love that there's so much happening today um, in this church, but I love that we're going to go out into the community and we're going to worship through service. What, What an amazing opportunity. And you know, not to be preachy, because, you know, you hate, like, it's a too much salt in one spot, you know? I know people who are great Christians who just preach you, like, to death, <laughs> you know? You're like, I already believe, man. And they're like, yeah, but you've got to hear what I have to say. I would rather see what you have to do. How's the sermon been today? How about some immediate feedback? I'm just kidding. I don't really want to hear it. <laughs> Guess what? You are the sermon of Jesus Christ today. When you walk out these doors, you become the sermon, the witness, the lamp for Jesus Christ. How will your sermon sound to others when they listen with their eyes? Will they be intrigued? Will they be enticed? Will they be drawn into the light? Let us pray. Father God, we are here because you've called us here, and uh, we just sat today humbly, Lord, waiting for you, waiting for, uh, for your presence to fill us in a way that we can actually be a blessing to others. We are not lamps that can burn on our own. We are empty, jars of clay, as it were. But Lord, we pray that you would pour your spirit into us, that we would be present to you that as we draw near to you, you would draw so near to us, Lord, that we couldn't help but burn, burn alive. We thank you, Lord, for light and salt. We thank you, Lord, for the others in our lives who have drawn us to this place, and we pray, Lord, today that we might, by your grace, by your spirit, and to the glory of your Father, be drawn to you. We give you praise, glory, and honor. Amen. I got one more thing, Matt. You can, you can get started. I want to say this. Um, I'm not sure if there's a lot of visitors here today. Matt said earlier, boy, I feel sorry for you if you are, because you think, what is going on, you know? <laughs> uh, if there's anyone visiting, come back again. <laughs> uh, that would make everyone here very happy. Um, but if you're visiting with us, you, you may not have any idea what we're talking about with Jesus. Um, and that's not because we have some special knowledge. Uh, I have a my best, best friend in the whole world I talked about Jesus all the time, and he says, Bill, I don't get it. I understand doing stuff for people who need stuff. I understand all the work you do. I don't understand this Jesus stuff. And I I just say, I know, but you will. And when you do, it's going to be awesome. If you don't know Jesus today, I just want to say that today is the day that you can welcome him in your life. And you can just take this baby step and say, I don't know what this means, but I'll, I'll do it. I'll follow this rabbi. And uh, he will begin to transform your life to give you eyes to see and ears to hear that you can be fully engaged in a life that's not lies, but truth. And so I pray today that if you were, uh, if you are if not with Jesus, that you would just do that. Take that step of faith today. And for the rest of us, I pray that we would... Um, We're going to do a time of communion. That's why I said, it's kind of funny, we're going to really have a family communion over at my table today. Uh, It's really pretty crazy that 2,000 years later, we're sitting around tables this morning with a little juice and a little bread because of something a rabbi did with his best friends. And uh, I just want you to experience that today. We're going to allow you some time today to, to do it as you feel led. There's no rush. But, but be honest. Be before God on this. And um, if you can partake of the bread today and, and uh, the juice, feel free. I think we're doing this by intinction, which means you tear off a piece of bread and you dip it in the juice. You may have done it before. But um, don't go lightly into this, though, because I'll tell you what. God takes our promises pretty seriously. And every time we sit at the table with Jesus and every time we dare to take a piece of that bread and we dare to have his cup, we're saying something about where we are. And God takes it seriously. And so I would encourage you to do that as you feel led. And uh, commune with Jesus.